I'm sorry, Scott, you're to hold. Toy Fair happened. Podcasts, the final frontier. These are the Star Trek episodes of the podcast Superhero Time. Our continuing mission? Explore old episodes of Star Trek. Alienate even more listeners. And boldly plow your mom where no one has come before. Superhero Time presents that one episode of Star Trek with Chris. So I'm developing a collection of me saying variations of Scott, you're an idiot. Hey, Mickey. In this episode, Scott doesn't understand acting. Scott. I'm a little bit confused. And Fort Max. Superhero time makes fools of us all. This week, it's the end of that, uh, uh, yeah, that animated series of Star Trek. No, it's the end of Star Trek, the animated series on that one episode of Star Trek. See, he almost did that backwards. You want to again. That's fine. I'll just leave it. I'll just leave it. It's more real that way. We are professional podcasts. Yes. Victoryless flaw. Ah, Vision mailed. I mean, mission failed. Yes, I mail fishing all the time. The post office hates me. That's very unsafe behavior. (laughs) (laughs) Mailing fishing or mailing fission. Fishing in multiple men. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to talk about the last two episodes of Star Trek the Animated Series, which are actually the last two episodes of Star Trek the Animated Series. Funny how that ended up working out. Yeah, and they're like... I'm going to make the bold claim that we're the only podcast to cover the entire Animated Series. If that's not true, then the other podcast is lying. I mean, I can't disprove that that's the case. That's true. Try as you might, you can't disprove it. That's right. Yes. Neither can anyone else. Yes. No. What? I thought we're... No. Never mind. Okay, so which episode wasn't interesting? The the Uh, last one. uh, The first one was a bit preachy, I thought. But the first one was kind of crazy and insane and fun. Are we talking about the episodes in the same order? Okay. I don't know. Sharper Than a Serpent's Tooth is the first one. Season 2, episode 5. Wasn't that the last one? No, that was the second to last one. That was the penultimate episode. I must have watched them out of order. Okay. You... Well, that would explain some things. (laughs) You're the worst. Can you believe this shit? Unbelievable. Okay, so which one was the bad one then? Well, I wouldn't exactly say either one were good. Which one was the the uninteresting one then? Oh, jeez, man. I don't know. They're both... doesn't remember... So he's just trying to bluff his way through this? No, I watched them. I watched one today. I watched one last night, and I watched one today. I noticed you're not saying episode titles, which really just makes me believe that I'm right. <laughs> when don't you I watched you're... one episode. I've seen episodes all the time. I've got binders full of episodes. You, I saw you on Fox News the other day at Bowling Green. I... <laughs> uh, yes, we're going to build a neutral zone and make the Romulans pay for it. Ugh. So I think the first one we're going to watch is How Sharper Than a Serpent's Tooth. Was that the because interesting this one? Snake themed. Snakes in space. <laughs> Sassy snakes in space. 
So was that Say the interesting that one? Six times. Yes, this is the interesting one. Okay. Is it? Okay. So I guess we're just going in order then. Should I invite Lord Taco back? <laughs> you know, if you invite him last minute, he probably wouldn't have time to get like drunk off his ass. He's been home for literally drunk. dozens of hours. <laughs> That's assuming he's not already drunk now anyway, just you know, because the secret is he's always drunk. Oh, nice. You would think it wouldn't hit him so hard then. Well, he's a little guy, so... He's about the same size as Mickey. <laughs> no, no. Oh, bless your heart. That's, that's sweet of you to say. No, that's, that's, not, that's nowhere near being true. <laughs> I don't know. I thought Mickey was pretty small, too. Well... Does your mother tell you everything? <laughs> yes, even when I ask her not to. Yeah. <laughs> she gets drinking mimosas in the morning. She just tells all about her adventures. <laughs> So let me tell you about all your friends that I fucked. <laughs> First of all, Intro quote. <laughs> so first of all, let's start with the homosexual ones. Well, that's most of them. <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm a strange minority here. It's weird. Ah. <laughs> uh. All right, look, are we going to do the episodes or are we going to just like rag on each other? Can't we do both? Yeah, I don't see, well, yeah. I don't see why one precludes <laughs> the other. No, exactly. I, I just wanted to make sure what our, what our goals were. Okay, so I think Mickey should do the summary for this episode because if we try to make him do the summary of an episode he's not interested in, he won't. Yeah, that's, that's very true. <laughs> you obstinate bitch. <laughs> <laughs> So, the episode opens up with the Enterprise tr- tracing the origin of some probe that came to visit, fucked everything up, and then blew up. This I sounds guess it f- familiar. It found the whales and figured, fuck it, I'm done. Let's <laughs> yeah. yeah, it took one look at Earth and said, fuck this universe, and self-destructed. <laughs> There's no whales here. Oh, shit, what do I do? <laughs> abort! Abort! <laughs> Divide by zero. <laughs> So the Enterprise has been dispatched to follow its trail back to where it came from, which apparently the ship's propulsion engine just leaves chunks of shit behind. Right, disrupted <laughs> matter. They don't have emissions laws in space for where it came from. It's very rural out there. Yeah, it's not exactly space California. I mean, the county I live in doesn't have emissions testing. They don't have, yeah, they have afford the equipment to test. Yeah, it doesn't it's have probably not. the water either. <laughs> Just in the air. (laughs) That's fluorine. He lives on Io. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... so, A a little-known fact about XV, he's not carbon-based. I'm sorry, go on. (laughs) I'm pure crystal and hatred. I know, I apologize. Emissions testing in space. That's right. So the trail is growing cold, so to speak. So Spock remains... uh, Let's slow things down a bit and so our, our sensors have time to scan properly. Because, you know, when yeah. the trail is growing cold, the, the, what you want to do is take more, longer time to follow right. it and give it more time to, to you know, trail yeah, off. The, yeah, the trail is fading, is like dissipating, so let's go slower. Oh, uh-huh. okay, that makes perfect sense. He's a Vulcan. He makes perfect logical sense all the time. Right. You know what doesn't so, make sense? Sulu is not on the bridge. But who is on the bridge? Why, it's Ensign Walking Bear. 
Is it bad that I just refer to him to myself through the whole watching the episode as Ensign Bravestar? <laughs> nah, no, no, but that's certainly what we're going to be doing from now on. <laughs> yeah. Right, so Ensign Bravestar. So as they're trying to figure out where the hell they're going, uh, our good friend Eric says, oh, there's a ship coming straight at us. <laughs> it's moving at warp 36. No, that's, that's the wrong episode. Oh, okay. <laughs> See, that's how shitty Eric's is. He's making jokes in the wrong fucking episode. <laughs> no, no, Eric. It, Eric. No, that, a, no that, that's you. No, Eric, there's, there's a decimal point in there. It's warp 3.6. <laughs> right. That means it's six-tenths of a warp factor over three. <laughs> so, the ship's coming, surrounded by a giant green fart cloud of energy. Um, and the crew is doing the usual Spock, what is it? I don't know Hurra, talk to it, I can't uh, Walking bear, is it raining? No, my dream, catcher, my dream catcher is not functioning, Captain <laughs> Come on So uh, The energy cloud Makes the ship shut off Scotty says that it's like we're ramming to a wall of clay, which is a very oddly specific metaphor for stopping. It's, it's like trying to shove your finger through a dump after a night of haggis and pilsner. It's all thick and clay-like. Oh, come on, you know what I'm talking about. Increasingly less. <laughs> no I was right up with you through stick your finger in a dump. <laughs> and then you lost me. Oh, okay. So the Enterprise is traveling at warp one when they slam to a complete halt. And it's revealed that the ship has put them in a giant Super Bowl. <laughs> I was thinking it's more like bubble bobble. So they're all mystified while they weren't liquefied against the, the front of the ship, forgetting that they have inertial dampeners. Oh, mm-hmm. no, that's not, that's not the reason. Oh, what is the reason then? The the bubble that they're in is made of elastic. Well, that's true, yes. But they don't know that yet. They're just mystified that, hey, we got slammed to a stop by a solid object. Why didn't we die? Mm-hmm. So while they're trying to figure it out, uh, the alien ship uh, starts shining a flashlight at it and making everything shake. Which scares the piss out of Kirk for some reason. He was like, oh, my God, shit, shit, fire phasers, do something. Look, this, right. this episode right. was shaking enough already without uh, the uh, alien trying to help out. <laughs> yeah, and like, and like, seriously, like, I, and I was getting kind of motion sickness during the opening. <laughs> cre- I was getting a bit motion sick during the opening credits because it was just juddering all over the place. <laughs> Are you sure you weren't having like a seizure? And <laughs> yeah, the name of this episode is Grand Mall. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the Grand Mall has a roller coaster in it. How sharper than a serpent's <laughs> epilepsy. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, so Kirk says, fire phasers, and we get this hilarious shot of the <laughs> Enterprise's phaser extending like two inches across <laughs> the bubble, which I think is where the Playmates line got the idea for their phasers. Yeah. I wish the uh, the ship toys from that had little, you know, phaser beam attachments. Permanently attached to the front of them? Optionally, yes. <laughs> like curb feelers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, part? so the alien ship uh, defarts, 
and it reveals it's designed to be he said thing. <laughs> it's certainly an an animated series ship design. Uh huh. Yeah, it looks like a, a a crab and a praying mantis and a four year old's drawing all like banged and made a baby. Yeah, it's a spaceship drawing from the seventies. Yeah, like yes. makes no sense. There's no anything. Oh, but yeah. speaking of the seventies and making no sense, the oh. ship suddenly morphs into a fantastic dragon bird thing, like a Quetzalcoatl. Yes, no, it's nothing like that, or a Chinese dragon. Yeah. Nah. So the crew is mystified and says, "Have you ever seen anything like this, Spock? No. Uhura? No." <laughs> Fire phasers, <laughs> no. Eric. <laughs> What's a thing? <laughs> Ensign Brave Star. Yes, this is just like my people's legends. God damn it! Yeah. <laughs> All right, Chakotay, spill it. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I'm actually, you know, a Cherokee or an Apache or something. I wasn't paying attention. Comanche, but. Comanche, yes. Like yeah, he comes from a long line of helicopters. <laughs> oh, for God's sake. <laughs> so I'm a Comanche, but this is totally like my, my brothers and in, in, in the Mayans or the Aztecs or some shit. We're totally yeah, the same. Yeah, like 4,000 miles away. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. You know, us Indians, we're all the same. Mm-hmm. Well, he can say that. He's 132,000th Comanche. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was raised in Regula. I mean, yeah. That's probably true because he's actually paler than Kirk. <laughs> he doesn't get let out of the bottom of the, the bottom decks of the ship very often. No. Now, they're going to put him right back in the cold storage after this episode. <laughs> now, the real question is where was Sulu today? Uh huh. He had anal fissures. Oh. <laughs> Too much fencing. <laughs> wow. Wow, that, for some reason, that's the first time in my life that's ever clicked. <laughs> that is, I gotta go re-examine my life now. You might lose an eye. <sighs> okay, so, uh, they turned to Spock for the, the real answers on things. Since, you know, we can't trust Ensign Bravestar. Mm-hmm. Two, bear, two dogs fucking, or whatever his name is. Walking bear? No, Just that's not it. Bear. Bear. Bravestar. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you two that's took way too long for one of you to actually do that. I'm disappointed. <laughs> that was the first thing I thought of. Well, me too. Yeah. I just it was implied at this point. <laughs> what the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody explained it. Moving on. Uh, okay, so Spock's like, yeah, lots of ancient Earth cultures have a history of seeing dragons and shit. You might wonder why the dragons have been coming to Earth all this time. Let's that turn to Anthony Hopkins and have him explain it. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> so Kirk's like, yes, um, perhaps this is the truth behind all that. An ancient space traveler who visited Earth. And was a dragon in space. Spock's like, yeah, totally. That happened. <laughs> yeah, logical, logical. <laughs> so, uh, 
while they're discussing what to do with uh, Cuckoo Kamushu here, um, <laughs> the, the the space regular says, "You know, enough of this shit. I'm beaming y'all off the off the Enterprise, and we're gonna do things." And okay. something about, oh, you've all forgotten me, except for this one guy, which, okay, I'll let you live because of that. All right, so the first person he grabs, though, is McCoy, who's, like, trying to help out some ensign with, like, a broken arm or something. And he's, like, just there talking to him, like, all right, well, you need some a few days of rest, and then, ah, I'm being teleported. It's like, why McCoy? Why, why the fuck would he take McCoy? Well, because McCoy's medicine is an affront to his godhead. <laughs> He should be praying to space cuckoo puffs for (laughs) healing rather than using hypersprays. Right, yeah. Germ theory is of the devil. No, you might be onto something there, though, because isn't the next one he grabs Scotty? Yep. Whose engineering would be an affront to... Yeah, I think you might be onto something here. I I think Scotty's only an affront to deadlines. And, you know, not being phasered to death. <laughs> right and sobriety. The Geneva Conventions, basically. Yeah. All right. So the three main crew members in one red shirt uh, have been teleported to the Dragon Ship. And so Kirk asked Brave Star, "So, uh, what did your legend say about this dude? Uh, nothing. Just that he left and then he'd come back sometime." Okay. As deities are wont to do, I'm totally coming back, guys. Like for real, I'm totally coming back. I'm not gonna forget about you when I'm gone. No, no, no. Mm-mm. I love the sting music. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the, uh, Cloaca here, he starts showing up <laughs> the crazy things that his spaceship can do. Uh, basically, he puts them inside a giant holodeck. How exciting. Uh, yeah, that that's really it. They're in this big featureless area, and then it's a holodeck. Whoa, yeah. so high tech. What a godlike power. Okay, well, so. It doesn't seem to be trying to kill anyone. Not yet. Okay, so... This part here is kind of tedious to watch, but I love how hilarious the whole idea of this is. Is that this alien came down to Earth and taught everybody to make these giant cities. Mm Mm-hmm. And filled them full of puzzles and traps like it's a a goddamn video game. (laughs) Like he came down to set up Tomb Raider on Earth. I, to me, it seemed more like a bad D&D adventure. Okay, you got to turn the statues to all face the central thing. Okay, you win. Oh, come on, man. That's the lamest like, trick You must the construct book. additional pylons. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this, this is <clears throat> Dungeon 1 Legend of Zelda shit. Yes. Yes, yes it is. Very good. Okay, so he did this, like, all over Earth. And the thing is, like, when you complete this mighty puzzle, when you build it and solve it, I'll come back <laughs> to save you and take you to heaven. And humanity was so fucking stupid they never got it. They weren't so stupid they couldn't build these massive, intricate cities. They just didn't know to turn three pedestals 50 degrees. Or, or, they, didn't, or, or they built the pyramid, but they didn't build the columns around it. Or they built right. the columns, but they built them like way too small. Or <laughs> Right. Instructions well, were very to, unclear. Look, they, they were having to do this by memory. Well, I was thinking they had a problem with going between imperial and metric. That's what they had. <laughs> Space metric. It's even harder to understand. <laughs> yes. See, instead of being 10-based, it's 100-based. No! <laughs> My brain! Well, thankfully, uh, the 23rd century crew is smart enough to figure out to turn 
lights to shine to a central thing and look at a map. There are four lights. No, <laughs> there are three lights. So they summon the giant, giant flying snake with this pretty feather boa around its head. What's up? Oh, wow, we're skipping ahead all that far, huh? Okay. Yeah. I mean, right. it's not like there's, there's about, that much going on. There's about 20 solid minutes of pylon turning. It's pretty epic. I mean, just the animation itself is worth the price of admission. And I love how much they use the black silhouetted figures in this episode, so I don't actually draw any details. Mm-hmm. All right, so the dragon has shown up and says, uh, you guys are pricks, you're violent and hateful, and I'm going to destroy you. Why aren't you shooting me? Well, uh, we for one, we didn't. We, we don't didn't have any weapons. Our, yeah, with what? Our, I we could punch you, but you're flying up there. Well, I, I can stick my dick in you, but you know. Like, well, you shot at me in space. Well, yeah, you attacked us, dick. <laughs> yeah, you put a wall in front of us when we were at warp. And then you started shining your space light at us, making a shake. And we, we were all like full that. of coffee at the time. <laughs> <laughs> There's stains on that bridge that will never come out. You realize that they served asparagus last night. <laughs> oh, God. Look, Sulu's ass is in really bad shape. Do you know how much that hurt when you, so- when you shook the ship while he was sitting down? Oh. He fell off of his inflatable donut, you know. Well, the donut does inflate quite a bit. <laughs> oh, my. So irritated, the alien goes, Well, you assholes forgot about me. I taught you how to make these red puzzles, and y'all never solved them. The curse like, Well, you didn't tell us to solve them. You didn't write anything down. How are we supposed to remember to worship you if we didn't remember you even existed? Yeah, I like when he, when he, Kirk asks like a salient question. The guy, the uh, space cloacus is like, silence or enough. <laughs> I love how bad guys always has that response when you say something like, well, what you're doing doesn't make sense because of A, B, and C. Quiet! <laughs> it's like, because I said so. Ooh. All right, so uh, Clocky here says, well, then it's my job to educate you of why I'm awesome and should be worshipped. Come to my museum. My epic <laughs> yeah, space zoo. zoo. <laughs> Isn't this like the third time in the animated series they've ended <clears throat> up in a space zoo? Yes. I think so. Now, this one has a little bit of a twist on it, though. Well, this well, is a space zoo mixed with the Matrix, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah, so he's got all these little animals. So in other words, it's... So it's... Like the pilot to the original series, then. Yeah, yes. actually. Huh. Huh. Also, they get the most derpy, derpy-looking aliens. <laughs> like, yeah, the they're all cross-eyed last... and shit. Yeah, the reason they're the last of their species is because they're going extinct anyway. <laughs> it's like panda bears on Earth. They can't even be bothered to fuck. So, we have to save them and put them in a glass cage. Woo! So Kirk is indignant because, like, this thing can't even move. How can it be happy? Space Matrix. Yep. 
They're in virtual worlds, happy as clams. And I'm not lonely anymore because I have all these friends. Also, uh, in one of these things, there's this giant pulsing... You know, I even hate to say it, but I, I could not escape the fact that there's this pulsing, glowing Trump head with the hair and everything in one of the glass tubes right next to the red thing. I, it, it's it's uncanny. It's about at the, uh, about the 820, uh, 825 mark, somewhere around there. I, I guess I can see that. I mean, look at the hair. Look at the hair. So, uh, Cuckoo says, well, I just got tired of all the hate and war, so I figured I'd teach y'all how to be cool and peaceful and mellow like me. So I left y'all some instructions, and I said I'd come back when y'all summoned me. And you never did, but now I'm coming to get you, but since you solved that one puzzle, now I'm not going to destroy you, but I still will, or, or something. Well, no, I, no, it's like, when y'all never called, <clears> I said, I'm going to send a probe and find out what's going on over there. I found you down there starting wars and shit with weapons and phasers. And that just won't do. I've got to kill you. Which is funny because, like, as wars are they starting on Earth? Right, exactly. (laughs) Kirk's like, what are you talking about? We've evolved past that. We haven't done that shit for hundreds of years. What are you talking about? It's like, we haven't, like, done anything to you or to anybody else. And the the, the Quetzalcoatl's like, not from where I'm sitting, bitch. But he doesn't offer any I'm proof. I'm assuming but- he saw a uh, city that had just won the sports or something. <laughs> and won the sports. <laughs> it's a city that won the sports. It's the biggest sports all year. <laughs> yeah, he just watched the Parisi Squares match. Uh, well, yeah, one could think that is a war to the death, though, so that's understandable. The only thing a- I'm curious about is when they play Parisi Squares, how do they decide who the secret square is? <laughs> well, because <laughs> I just assume that's just a 24th century version of Hollywood Squares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I completely agree. With you know mallets <laughs> <laughs> and Bruce Valanche. Yeah, well, yeah. Bruce Valanche has got to be there. Not like he's doing anything else. Like Rip Torn needs is he to even be alive there. anymore. Yeah. Well, I don't think Rip Torn is, but Bruce Valanche is. Well, no, I'm yeah. pretty sure Rip Torn isn't. Or Rip Taylor. Yes, yeah, Rip, Rip, Rip Taylor is what I was thinking of. Thank you. Yeah. I, yeah, Rip Torn is the guy from Men in Black that went crazy. Yes. No, Rip Rip Taylor. Absolutely. They're probably both dead. So there's a there's a power cat in this episode. A thunder cat. A cat that's electric. <laughs> All right. Is, so is it, is it they shrinks? bicker back and forth, and eventually... Uh, cocky head uh, says like enough of this bullshit you've ruined my dream you're all going to die and I will do that by like darting towards you for half a second and Kirk Superman flies past but well behind one of the cages or somehow that is way too far up for him to have jumped like that. You can't assume the gravity is the same on that ship as it is, you know, on the Enterprise. I also like the fact that, that, that Cuckoo Coco Cocoa Puffs is Kakarot. Kakarot! I think it's funny that Kakarot has a pink horn. It's like it's not like it's a little pink. That is a clitoral-looking horn on his head. 
Can you adjectifize clitoris? Is clitoral a valid adjective? I think so. I wouldn't yeah. it just be phallic. I mean, no, it's too small. Have you seen most penises? I've, I, I'm sure Hey Mickey has seen most penises. All right, so, so let's check yeah. in with Spock, where he's figured out that the mystery of the bubble they're in is that it's a balloon. A balloon that only stretches in one direction at a time. God damn it. <laughs> so they use the tractor beam that comes out of the starboard nacelle for some reason? I don't know what's going on with the special effects in this episode. Need to do filmation. Yeah, what, what the fuck's going on? Basically, they, they push in two different directions at the same time, and it pops it. Hooray! They're free. Yes, they, they pull on the inside surface with the tractor beam and then immediately jam against it with the warp drive. Oh. Intro quote? Be gentle. <laughs> <laughs> no, now he's just doing it on purpose. All right, so uh, back in the menagerie, uh, they let the Thundercat loose. Just to cause some chaos, I suppose. Or to save them, oh, I don't know. Oh, you think we're dicks. Let's prove that we're dicks. <laughs> we'll not only kill you, we'll kill your pets, too. And right. probably ourselves. But that's what you get for fucking with humans. <laughs> you think we were starting wars? We'll show you a war. <laughs> right. <laughs> Curse, like, did you watch the episode Arena? Do you know what I'm capable of? <laughs> I will hunt you down. <clears throat> I think you, it's cool, Did too, you that watch the, a uh, taste of Armageddon? I'll doom an entire society <laughs> just to fuck with one man. Right. Uh, I like the power cat, too. It's electrical power, so the ability to explode cages physically. That's amazing. So the Thundercat is uh, on the loose. <laughs> God damn it! Thundercat is on the move. <laughs> so they uh, they appeal to Kukuzumushu to subdue, and he's like, "I can't! You assholes have fucked up my powers." Yeah, your ship shooting at Ow. me is like damage my power source. That's convenient. And then so McCoy eventually comes with the hyper spray from something. I don't know. I'm only kind of half paying attention at this point. He had his medical kit with him the whole time. Yeah. Never leave home without it. Now, what I understand is they complain about they didn't have any equipment, but McCoy's got his medical tricorder. Okay, great. But when Scotty was beamed away, he was holding his engineering tricorder in his hand, and it came with him, and they don't mention it again. Well, it's not useful because that's an engineering tricorder, and this isn't an engineering What are they going to do? (laughs) Engineer him? (laughs) Well, he's surrounded by equipment on a ship, so I'd imagine so. I will engineer the fuck out of you. That, uh, yeah. All right, so as we head into the moral message of the episode, where they come to an understanding, Ugh. and do a, and drop the episode title. Uh, yes, uh, so uh, Coca Cola says, "I just wanted to be your parent and teach you, and raise you to be peaceful and kind and loving like me. All I wanted was children that loved me." So, and so he's Kirk responded, "Yes." Kirk <laughs> responded, "Yes, well, that's nice, but you let your kids go to be free to be dicks and shoot things." So, bye, Dad. <laughs> yeah. We'll send you a card from college. 
what is the arrogance of this creature? You are my children. It's like, dude, you showed up for like 10 minutes one time and told them how to build square cities. Congratulations. You're not exactly father of the year. Hey, you know, sometimes you send my birthday card with a $5 bill. <laughs> hey, you know, if there's a, if you want to like help a society, we got this crew member. His name's Eric. Go find his home world. <laughs> they need the help. <laughs> sure, arrest me. So Cock and Bull flies off into the sunset, and Kirk quotes some Shakespeare at us. Oh, it, God damn it, it was better in the original Klingon. Yeah, yeah. it was. I think it's funny because McCoy was like, oh, yeah, it reminds me of that line from Shakespeare. It's And then Kirk cuts him off so he can say it. Yes. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> McCoy just looks at him like, Lee and Spock share a look like, what a fucking asshole. <laughs> no. Okay, go ahead. Summary aside, I do like this episode. Oh, no, no. You're missing something very, very important. So... You know, we put a bunch of humans and aliens on the bridge, and they're like, oh, that's something else, huh? Some alien visited our ancient past, tried to teach us wisdom and how to do things right. So, uh, Spock, did there, anything like that ever happened to Vulcans? He's like, yeah, alien species used to come to our planet, too. They left more enlightened. <laughs> you arrogant cunt. <laughs> what a <Yeah>. dick. <laughs> Holy crap, what a smug fucking asshole Spock is. <laughs> <laughs> the aliens came to ancient Vulcan and they left more enlightened. What a cock. <laughs> That's like the worst. That is probably the worst thing he has ever said. Yeah. Because he's like, yes, back when we were banging rocks together trying to make fire, we were still smarter than everybody in the galaxy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Fuck you, Spock. <laughs> Uh, they left much wiser. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> yes, they left with the wisdom not to talk to Vulcans anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they only showed up once and then never came back again. <laughs> okay, next happened. time let's find a planet without pointed ears. Yeah. I thought those Romulans were bad. Hmm. Ah, all right. Well, I, I feel enlightened. It's it's good to know that, again, the whole of human history is caused by some alien being showing up for 10 minutes one time. An alien space dragon. Who has a spaceship that projects a holographic image of himself around the ship. It's like, <laughs> yes. Can you imagine if we did that to like Enterprise? If like suddenly a holographic naked human like swimming through space. Which would be Kirk. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be Kirk, like, doing the breaststroke through space around, like, a holographic image around the Enterprise. That, that makes no goddamn sense. I just love the fact that this alien went to Earth and set up Tomb Raider puzzles all over it for us to solve. We were too <laughs> stupid to ever complete the level. Yes. We, we, could, we built the cities that we wanted, but we couldn't figure out the puzzles. You know why? Because we're too busy, you know, living in the cities. You know, developing rioting and culture and art and all that kind of shit. Maybe we didn't want to play fucking shitty And tennis. rioting. That's what he Cutting said, out. wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Cutting out people's hearts for sacrifices and stuff. That's how you get their power. Yeah. Drinking spicy hot cocoa. Mm. Man, being an Aztec was awesome. Well, you know, cocoa was named for the ancient dragon space god. 
Cuckoo Cthuloid? No, Coco Chanel. <laughs> she is a good space god. <laughs> See who she looks like? She ain't human. If she was, she hasn't been in a long time. She's more machine now than man. <laughs> a remorseless killing machine. <laughs> Alright, so uh so who's gonna do the next one? Take a wild guess. You. No. No. Take another wild guess. Fort Max? Oh no. No. Uh, no offense, Fort Max. Oh I, no. I, I, I'm pretty sure I said no before you. I, I, I <laughs> yes, but you didn't say it as like emphatically as I did. You didn't say as hate filled and derisively as XV did. That's right. Yeah. With venom well, dripping that's from because every I'm not syllable. XV. <laughs> yeah. Now you're the kind one of us. You're our moral center. Terrifying. Yeah. I'm the nougat center. <laughs> I thought you were like packed with nuts. All right, so all right, so counterclock incident. So apparently, I'm doing this, and I get to do the last episode of the TAS. You should feel honored. Oh, I am honored. So honored. Okay, so do we get a cold open in this or no? Nope. No, it goes right to credits. Okay, moving it forward. Always goes right to credits. What are you talking oh, I thought, about? Thought they had cold opens. No, not animated. Oh, okay. Oh, well, like I give a shit. Have, have you been watching uh, the previous, uh, however many episodes it's been? Well, I have, but when I record them with you, so I'm too busy talking to really pay attention. Duh. How have you gone through what, like, 21 episodes of this and not realized until the last one <laughs> that there's never been any cold opens? Because <laughs> I'm too busy getting laid? I don't know. <laughs> Alright, whatever. So the Enterprise is on the way to planet Babel? Uh, yep, Babel. Not Babel. 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 Sure. You know what? I actually preferred the pronunciation of, of Babel over Babel, because Babel sounds stupid to me. I like Babel. Anyway, it's the, the, um, it's the homeworld of the Beyblades. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's very dizzy all the time. Alright, so anyway... And so they have had it with the uh, fart jokes. There are fart jokes in Beyblade? Let them rip. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> See, <laughs> I'm glad you said something, because otherwise I wouldn't have got that. Uh, okay, so they're going to the planet Babel, uh, where apparently all the Federation's ambassadors are, are getting together, because that sounds like a really good idea. That's not rife for like a terrorist attack or nothing anything. Nothing happens. No, yeah, nothing ever happens in trying to get all the ambassadors, all the important people in one place together. So it's now for this a is retirement party. Apparently. Uh, so now this is actually <laughs> very one day left live forever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just one day left until his retirement. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Admiral Murtaugh. <laughs> um, okay. So Klingon somehow. Uh, yeah, strangely. So no, this is actually a very interesting episode because there's all this like canon stuff that fucking happens in it. And there's and like, all this other stuff that can't possibly be canon. <laughs> exactly. No, you're right. You're right. There's like all this stuff that's like, oh, well, this actually ties into the original series and da 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 da. Uh, but yeah, what a weird. Okay, so so on board is Commodore Robert April, who was the first captain of the USS Enterprise for the first five year mission ahead before Kirk. Uh, before Pike. Pike. 
or before Pike, rather. Sorry, it was the, it was the very first Enterprise five-year mission. That's right. So in April, Pike, and then Kirk. April, May, then June. <laughs> <laughs> but only with months that end in Y. Okay, so now is this dude original series canon, or is he just animated series canon? Uh, no, he's original series. He's canon canon. So what was he in? Uh, wasn't he in one of the – or mentioned before? This can't be the only mention of Robert April. If only there's some kind of place we could ask that question. Well, I'm doing a podcast right now, so someone else do it. All right, so whatever. So for the past 20 years, he's been the Federation ambassador at large, which I think is a fat joke. <laughs> now he's 75 years old. He's reached the mandatory retirement age. What? Like, well, you know, okay, Social Security doesn't start paying out until 75 in the 23rd century. <laughs> yeah, so, okay, that's weird that, you know, humans live to be 160 years old now, but you still have to retire at 75. Okay. Now, they make reference to the San Francisco shipyards where the Enterprise was built, so that's kind of cool. <clears throat> well, I thought it was cool. I thought the Enterprise was built in space. Well, it was. It's just an orbit over San Francisco. They still come to San Francisco shipyards. Oh, okay. Yep. I know. I know that sounds funny, but same thing. Well, like Mars, it's not actually yeah, on the planet Mars. See. It's an orbit. Utopia Planitia is an orbit around Mars, so they just call it that. Robert April's the name originally came from a early pitch of Star Trek. Oh, so it's a reused idea. That's good. Reused ideas are great. Just look at the, the Star Trek Discovery ship. Animated uh, might be the first time the name was actually used, like, in a Star Trek production, though. Yeah. But see, it's one of those things where as soon as I saw his name, I knew that he used to be, I mean, before the exposition. I mean, I, I was like, oh, yeah, Robert April. I, I somehow knew that he was already an old captain of the Enterprise. So I picked it up somewhere, and I don't think it was from this episode, so I don't know. Anyway, so then his wife comes on, um, onto the bridge. Let me clarify that. Uh, and apparently she... Is the first medical officer on any warp capable ship? Okay. Uh, that's not canon anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's a weird thing to say. Uh, and for some reason, she brought on a vagina flower from from Lesbian Six or something. I don't know. Um, it's very Georgia O'Keefe. It's very Georgia O'Keefe mixed with Predator face. Um,. But anyway, so apparently it only lives for like 15 minutes or whatever. Who fucking cares? So on the way to Acapella, uh, Babel Fish 17 or whatever, uh, they're going to go Old right by. 17. Yes. So they go right by uh, this this exploding supernova, which is very pretty. So, yay. Look at pretty stars before we retire you. Which I'm starting to think means euthanasia. Because <laughs> they're acting like he's never going to leave this planet. Planet Florida. <laughs> I hear they have a really nice farm out there. Yeah. Yeah, he can run and play <laughs> with, with all the, the other, other Commodores. <laughs> yeah. Run and play with all the other Commodores. All right, so here's where we get to the point where, okay, we're going toward the supernova, and Spock's like, oh, shit, bitch. There's a ship coming towards us at warp 36. And the Commodore very helpfully puts out, well, no natural object's ever done that. It's like, well, no shit, motherfucker. It's going 36. Warp 36 is breaking the light barrier. Of course it's not natural. <coughs> All right, so it'll be there. It's like two post-warp scale rejiggering. Huh? 
I don't know that warp 36 equates to post-warp scale rebalance. Well, you can go warp 9.9 then add several more digits, probably. Exactly. Yeah, 9999999999. I don't know why, but I want to make that an intro quote. Sounds like a German woman turning on a date. 9999999. So what was the deal with the warp scale rejiggering? The original warp scale was... Direct, I believe. So, like, warp two was twice the speed of light, three was three times, four was four times. Actually, I think the original scale was just like a squared value. Or yeah, I believe like it was that. squared. Yeah, I believe it was squared. Okay, okay. Well, then, when that reached a point where those speeds weren't really fast enough to properly explore the galaxy because it would take fucking forever, yep. they made ships faster. But they also made the warp scale be absolute. So, that warp, warp three is like. Is like three times three times three. It was cubed, and then right. warp four would be to the fourth power, and something like that. So every warp scale up is a much higher speed than the one before it. And warp ten being on the new scale being infinite speed. Right. So you know warp nine is a fucking blisteringly faster than the original Enterprise could ever possibly do. Right. Essentially, and then, warp scale is a curve that goes you know from zero to infinity. Yeah. As opposed to a straight line. Right. I mean, if you only get it super technical, now it's this weird, like, jiggering thing, which is it goes up and then you hit, like, a power spike at a certain point, then it dips down and becomes less efficient. So if you hit... And then at some numbers, point, salamanders happen. Yeah. And for some reason... Then. Yeah. And for some reason, if you go, like, even numbers, like, whole numbers of warp, it's, like, much more efficient to travel that way. So it's much... More efficient to travel at warp eight as, a por- as opposed to warp seven point eight nine. I don't know why. I don't know why they did it that way. Well, you know, it's like when you're trying to hold a really specific speed in the car, and you're having to, you know, feather the throttle to keep it from, you know, going up and down. Yeah, it's, you burn it's more shifting gas gears. that way. <laughs> Son of a goddamn yeah. bitch! <laughs> Your RPMs drop down when you shift into warp eighth gear. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, basically, like the official version is there is a huge like spike in the power consumption to reach the next warp scale, like you know warp Plateau. eight, warp nine, yeah, right. As, but then right. once you're at that point, maintaining it is relatively not power intensive. Yeah, because you get so, the bubble, the warp bubble created. You're down at that level of subspace, so it's easier to hold on to it. So then you get to all good things where they bust out the warp thirteen. Which the theory on that is that it's another tinkering with the warp scale just to accommodate that the ships are more able to go into the higher, you know, decimal numbers. Of, right, because uh, once you start saying go to warp 9.99999 that's just retarded to say out loud. <laughs> we need right. better numbers to deal with this type of speed. Yeah, so they raise right. the numbers up. Yes. Pretty much. Of course, in Star Trek Online they have the transwarp, which is you're going over warp 10, and it, it follows that similar kind of scale. Where, yeah, it, you might as well just say you're going warp 9.9999997 or whatever. Yeah. But, okay, warp mechanics over. Now let's go to something interesting. Uhura not being able to contact a ship. <laughs> Uhura, well, talk to a ship. It's hard to point the dish at it when it's going warp 36. <laughs> Right, yeah. I don't know how they even detect it. That's a, that's crazy. All right, so here's something else that doesn't make goddamn sense. They're just sense detecting it by the huge subspace distortion probably. <laughs> yeah, there's like galaxies being like swirled behind it. <laughs> it's like that vortex off the engines off a, off a jet plane or something. 
All right, so even though this thing is going warp 36, they can make visual contact with it. Okay. All right. Sure. Yeah, put it on the screen. All right, so they... they so anyway, is this before or after... Okay, hold on, I got to check something here. All right, because something important happens. I, I think I missed it because you idiots were talking. So everyone be quiet on while I'm to watch this episode. <laughs> okay, Paladin. All right, so the, so the ship that they're seeing, it's going right towards the center of the supernova, which is just going to destroy it. So Kirk's like, whoa, 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 Let, they're going to destroy themselves. Let me talk to that person. Uh, all right, so if they won't talk, let's slow them down. So, okay, here's the other thing. The Enterprise puts a tractor beam on this ship going warp 36. This will stop them. <laughs> <laughs> and aren't they throwing a lasso on a speedboat? <laughs> yeah. Can, did you track your beams even work in warp? Not, no, in no. In like trying they specifically explain you don't track your beam a ship at warp. It will probably destroy both ships. Right. Like I said, it's like <laughs> throwing a rope around a speedboat zipping past you. And that's right before Dax has one of my favorite lines. I'm a science officer. It's my job to have a better idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so they put a tractor like beam. Nine. <laughs> we should be watching that instead. Maybe next week. No, probably not. Yay! So, Eric's is like, we're having a small effect on their ship. They've dropped down to warp 32. <laughs> Great. And now they're making... So, after doing this, now the other ship contacts Enterprise and it's some space case blonde woman speaking backwards. So... Yeah. Kirk's like, I've never heard that language before. Try the Universal Translator. Which uh, it annoys me that no one went, it's just backwards English, man. Come on. Like Spock should have been able to tell that immediately. Oh, Captain, you have heard this language before. It's called English. <laughs> no, no, it's called the Universal Language. Ah, uh, yes. The one who's speaking the same Universal Language we speak, says Uhura. Okay. They just didn't have the guts to say English? All right. No, no, no she's speaking math. Oh, okay. <laughs> she's speaking binary. One, zero, 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 one, 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 zero, 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 one. Yeah, if you run that, that is highly inefficient. Yeah. Of course, uh, Russia uh, would be the universal language. <laughs> All right. So she's like, now they've just reversed the fucking tape because that's high tech and science fiction. Uh, she's like, look, let me run to the supernova. If I don't, I'll die. So let go of me. What's wrong with you? So Eric's is now like, oh, we're being pulled along. Now we're at warp 11. So in about three minutes, they're going to be pulled into the supernova with crazy blonde lady who talks backwards. Well, what would Eric's feet turn into at warp 10? A human. <laughs> Chakotay. <laughs> no, he turned to Harry Kim. No, no, yeah, you're right. Yeah, as soon as I said it, I knew I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never get a promotion. Nor did you deserve one, you asshole. All right, so Kirk finally goes, Josh, maybe we shouldn't have a tractor beam so we're not being pulled along to a supernova. Hey, Sulu, turn off the tractor beam. And Sulu, like, pretends to press a button and goes, nope, doesn't work. Sorry, Captain, I guess we're all going to uh, not have to be living this miserable life under your command anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so apparently there is they can't cutting power to the tractor beam somehow does not turn it off. 
Well, no, they they like Kirk orders Sulu to switch to the manual override, but he can't switch the manual override because it's not responding. Right. Because that's what manual overrides do. You know? someone go, for. They can't. They have like Scotty uh, go to the breaker box. <laughs> One would think, but whatever. So. Uh, Commodore April. Scotty down there, like to the backside of the tractor beam emitter with a phaser. He'd <laughs> love that. A, <laughs> a bottle of whiskey just pours over the electronics. <laughs> oh, he wouldn't waste whiskey like that. See, now I'm imagining like the, the Enterprise's phaser banks is just like Scotty in a desk chair on a little track. He sort of swings around and swings his arm out the window and fires. <laughs> pew pew pew. <laughs> Every time the Enterprise fires phasers, it's just Scotty doing a drive-by. Yeah. <laughs> well, and of man, course, I imagine he's saying pew, pew, pew as he shoots. Of course. <laughs> he's got a phaser in one hand, a bottle of scotch in the other. Spinning around in his chair. Whee! <laughs> now, now, if he was on the Enterprise D, I assume his chair would just be attached to a rail. Yeah, would, yep. yeah. It'd it zip him around about 300 miles an hour, too. <laughs> his hair would be all messed That's up at one the end. The charge up as it spins where it gets to the location. Yep. That's right. <laughs> all right. We've so, made this episode immeasurably better already. By not talking about it. <laughs> By inventing new cannon from it. <laughs> a phaser cannon, specifically. <laughs> the Type S phaser cannon. It's got his like, it's S for special. As for scotch. See, you say that, and I'm just imagining Scotty doing Pickle's special bean cannon. <laughs> Rips off his own arm. <laughs> Doesn't even hurt, so full of whiskey. Moving on. Well, if Scotty was a, a Namekian, he could grow his finger back. Ooh, that's low. <laughs> that is low. Oh my god, that is so nerdy and low. That is the most extra comment I've ever heard. Hit <laughs> peak XV. You turn a very obscure piece of apocrypha about an actor in a TV show from 50 years ago and turn it into a blistering insult. <laughs> Dealing with modern day anime. Holy shit. Reading is fundamental. Dragon Ball Z is like 25 years old now. <clears throat> Shut up. Stop making me feel old. <laughs> So it's old enough to get not get in their parents' health care anymore. Yeah. It's also old enough now where if I'm going to cosplay as one of the characters, it has to be Master Roshi. No, 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 I, no actually, I see, you more as a, I see you more as a Yamcha. I, I am much more of a Yamcha. All right. So if they fucking enter that Nova, they're going to blow up. And Kirk, like, looks at Commodore April and his wife and goes... Sorry, guys, I think we're going to die. And they're like, that's eh, fine, we're Starfleet. We always knew we were going to die in a starship anyway. <laughs> Besides, we're old. We're, we're of no use anymore. Yeah, they're going to just put me in a disintegration chamber and the planet down there anyway. <laughs> uh, all right, so what they're going to they try enter, to do is... But they do not leave. <laughs> okay, 
Look at my hands. <laughs> All right, Kirk, focus. Look at my fingers. <laughs> One goes in. Dooka dooka doo. Door closed. Shunk. Door opens. Schwip. Nobody in there. What do you think happened? Okay. You, you folded it into your hands, Spock. Yeah. <laughs> God fucking damn it. I'm going to nerf pinch you and then take my hands. <laughs> You've always been missing that finger, Scotty. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but Spock, how will you nerve pinch me if you don't have a finger anymore? <laughs> dun dun dun! <laughs> All right, so the, the Enterprise. So Kirk's brilliant plan is to <coughs> wait. That other ship's still going so much faster; they'll be destroyed, and that means our tractor beam will disengage, and they'll give us enough time to like change course and fly away from the supernova, so we don't get destroyed. So basically, they're counting on her destroying herself first, so they can use that as an opportunity they're to escape. Counting on her destroying herself. First, and then forcing the Enterprise to veer off at warp 20. Yeah, because that'll happen. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna either turn and still hit the super, turn a bit and still hit the supernova, or just slow down slightly. And still hit yeah. the supernova. It's a good thing when you're going warp 23, there's like not a bunch of stuff in space for you to hit, like planets and stars and nebula. That's why they have a deflector dish. Yeah, the thing must be working overtime now. Also, well, her considering ship, what would have happened if uh, if they hadn't moved, they'd be eaten up by her deflector dish. That's true, because they're, like, right in the way, apparently. Um, also, she has the goofiest-looking ship. That's because it's backwards. backwards. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the only reason. The thing looks like it was put together by an insane person. Okay, so she flies into the supernova and disappears, and like, okay, change course, and then so nope, it was like, tractor beam still locked on. Uh, yep, that means the ship is still existent. Oh, great! And then Eric suddenly goes, "That's because our tractor beam's still connected to her," which everyone just kind of looks at him and rolls their eyes. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Eric's. <sighs> All right, so her ship could have survived, but ours won't. Uh, can we put on the brakes now, Scotty? Nope. <laughs> Just no. All right. So this is the longest, like, 20 seconds ever. <laughs> They're flying to their death, and I just wish it would hurry up. Speaking of Namek. So, yeah. Are they at Namek yet? So Kirk walks over to Sulu's console and starts pressing buttons for him. <laughs> he can't trust Sulu to do it. So he's finally says, what a minute, Sulu's trying to get us all killed. So he goes over and starts pressing buttons himself. And Kirk, like, Kirk the whole time is saying, it has to work. It has to work. Yeah, I'm Kirk. I can't possibly <laughs> die. Kirk, I've never failed at work. <laughs> I've never failed at anything in my entire life. So they fly into the heart of the supernova, and the orchid dies, and then everything's fine. Except now they're in the Oreo cookie ice cream universe. It looks delicious. I want to it, eat this universe. All right, Unicron. It, it's a cookies and cream universe. It is. Mm. Can I go to no, the Moose Tracks universe? <laughs> the Moose Tracks Nebula. Yeah. yeah. You have to wipe off your feet if you travel there. <laughs> All right, so now the Enterprise is flying backwards. Uh, they're in an inverse universe where black stars shine in a white void. Uh, Scotty's complaining that all the controls and everything now work in reverse. Which is okay, I guess. 
Uh, now the orchid is back alive. Okay, so she's got her vagina flower back. Uh, and then they okay, get contacted by mystery lady who apparently is not talking backwards now because, okay, they're in the backward universe, so they understand backward speak, but wouldn't they be understanding the backward speak backwards still? This episode has some writing problems. <laughs> no, because Spock <laughs> explains that their brains are now working backwards, which is why the ship's controls seem to be working in reverse. But then wouldn't her brain be working backwards from how it was before, so <laughs> it would still be going the other direction. No, because she's back in her proper universe and her brain's working in the correct direction. Uh, so another thing about this universe, apparently, is that time not only goes backwards, but like a million times faster. Because the orchid now has reverted all the way back to being a seed. So not only is it going backwards, it's going back fast. Which is like a problem. You know, it's not like normal. No, it's just uh, all the stuff from the positive polarity universe is like in an accelerated state to, you know, align itself with the negative polarity universe. You know what? I'm just going to let you have that. Sense. I am just going to let you have that. <laughs> all right. So whatever. Next so previous fist. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at the camera out of the corner of my eye, just doing the jack off motion. <laughs> What makes you think I wasn't already? <laughs> well, I mean, I know when I hear the sound of my own voice. Okay, so the, the, one of the conceits is that, okay, everything runs back in the universe. There was a dead star that suddenly sprang to life in a supernova. And when a star in our universe goes <laughs> nova, it's the reverse of that. And it happened the same place at the same time. It makes a bridge between the two universes. And that's how she got here. She almost got destroyed, so she had to fly back. And now they're stuck here, too. So, okay, whoopty shit. So now they have to find two Novas going off at the same time in the same place in these two alternate universes. That should be easy. So, but she's very nice and very helpful because, look, come back to my home planet and then we can talk there. Her home planet of Eret. Yeah. Earth. Is that, is that, back, is that backwards for something? I don't even know. <laughs> I, I'm not really smart enough to figure this out. That's just, just way too good writing for me. <laughs> I mean, I watched Arrival and got it right away, but this, this is too much. All right, so they quickly figure out that they are aging backwards rapidly, so now they're going to be getting younger, to which the Commodore is like, yay, my penis will work again. It's your response, <laughs> like it did before. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so they're in the meeting room talking about how to get back, exposition, exposition. Okay, yeah, it's 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 hard to find that. It's a one in a million shot. Okay, of course. So we'll now go to her son's lab. Yeah, now they do talk about like trying to actively recreate the situation, which means blowing up a star. So there's they don't that. Really say that though. That's hard to dance. No, it would be jump starting a star. Yeah, they they they, they kind of right, dance. But the implication it. is that they would be blowing up a star in the positive universe. Right. But how do they affect the positive universe since they're not in it? Ask the writers. This episode has some writing no, problems. It sounds like <laughs> find a, we're a well, it's star. almost like it's the last episode of the series that they wrote and they just didn't care anymore. No, it's like they would be finding where a star was that was about to go Nova in the positive universe and make the star in the negative universe go Nova. Sure. Let's go with that. All right, that's so exactly that... what they end up doing. <laughs> well, yeah. Spoilers. 
All right. So they beam down to the lab, and there she is, all blonde and pretty, and her son, who is obviously, you know, 20 or 30 years older than he, and then she is, and then talks like he's been gargling gravel and battery acid for some reason. And then her dad, who is a baby, and, okay, when people die, do they there, do they just crawl up their mom's vaginas? <laughs> <laughs> But people are bored. Do they just reach up out of the ground or something? <laughs> yeah, they're sitting there. Also, the umbilical cord goes. What do they do with their, uh, What do they do if uh, their daughter dies before they do? Oh my god! Yeah, there's all kind of causality issues with all this shit for sure. I think this episode has some writing problems. <laughs> So Kirk takes, I mean, not Kirk, but Spock takes one look at this situation and he just goes, logical. Oh, well, we're glad you deemed it that way, <laughs> asshole. I'm glad that it isn't that mad that you said it. Uh, your ancestors are born after you and your descendants are born before. The young per- And then Kirk finally, again, Man, half of the episode finally a, gets it. Genetics has got to be a hell of a field in this universe. Uh, so stupid. I think this episode has some writing problems. Also, they do make a mention that they're in an antimatter universe, which means anything they fucking touch should cause atomic explosions. That would be fucking awesome. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, they're walking on the floor. Uh, well, shit. Yeah, I'm mean, doing high fives there. <laughs> Bam! <laughs> you wouldn't well, really you even get one. that far because I think oh. as soon as you touch the air, it would explode. Exactly. Yeah. Any no, particle. It's things. Would... Air's not a thing. There's the absence of things. Maybe maybe for this episode they were going on the assumption that it has to be like the exact opposite particle has to contact each other. You know, like the exact counterpart particle, not just any random one. Uh, that's being generous, but okay. Yes, well, as we've established, this episode has some writing problems. <laughs> and we're- apparently they were came all the way from the Delta Quadrant? They, yeah, they did kind of cross the galaxy, didn't they? It's fine. They were going warp, you know, 70 billion, so whatever. <laughs> no, but seriously, because this is the counterpart to Earth, and the Nova that they went by in the first place was way over in the Delta Quadrant. Maybe that was yes. the Beta Quadrant. Well, I, I would like to point out that this doesn't look so much like a, the Milky Way galaxy as it does the weapon from Kroll. <laughs> Yeah. And that is not at all what galaxies look like, by the way. I don't know what the fuck these people were thinking. In 74, we knew what galaxies looked like. Filmation didn't. No, they did not. (laughs) They certainly didn't. It's like a starfish's anus. So here's the thing. Why didn't anyone reverse engineer this super fast ship and have it just tow up or have that one just tow everyone around? Yeah, no shit. Could you uh, give us your warp technology before we leave? That'd be awesome. We could cross the galaxy in ten minutes. <laughs> Starfish Goatsy. <laughs> That's the name of my memoir. <laughs> I'm I'm saving that for the reboot of Common Rider X. Ah. All right, so she even points out, like, my ship could go through the supernova because I was going fast enough. Your piece of shit ship cannot go that fast, so you're all going to die. Don't let Scotty hear her say that. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, she'll start. A, he'll, she'll get into a barroom brawl with him over that. <laughs> now, I do love the fact that they have giant table technology in this universe, though. 
That's a big table. Okay, so like if this is an inverted universe, shouldn't that be like giant ceiling technology? <laughs> like shouldn't the display be above no, them? It's backwards, not upside down. Yeah, dumbass. Right, but when you look into a mirror, your foot's up and down as well as left to right. Uh, that's not a mirror universe. It's just a reverse universe. Jesus, man. Do I have to explain these basic concepts? Fine, if they were in yes. the mirror universe, they'd be facing Evil Kirk again. Right. Animated series should have done that. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, like, it'd be perfect <laughs> to have Kirk versus Kirk. They wouldn't even have to make new character models. They just had a mustache. Yep. <laughs> Like a big, like... <laughs> and they'd just be able to just flip their drawings. Right. Like, there's not, like, a compositing problem or anything to make that happen. You just need to, you know, draw an extra Kirk. It's not that hard. No. They like wouldn't 50, even yeah. need to draw an extra Kirk. I know. They just paste an extra Kirk. So, Kirk very blithely says, uh, yeah, so we're going to the thing to create the supernova so we can fly through it, and you will never see us again. And the look in his face is just a little too insidious or something. I don't know. He's way too proud of the fact he'll never see her again. He probably knocked her up. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So they're going to take her ship. They're going to do the um, slingshot thing. So her ship ship is going to automatedly, automatically, automatedly? Is that a word? Try rethinking the sentence from the top down. (laughs) Yeah, apparently. I've been drinking a lot of port in the last half hour. Automatedly, so. yes. You're drinking pork? <laughs> port. Port. Oh. Yeah. Port All right. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> we put them in a blender. Put ham into the blender. Yeah, we yeah. can. <laughs> and a little bit of whiskey. You drink it down. It's like an energy drink for people like me. All right. So as they're getting closer to the supernova, the universe's time effects are really taking hold now because it's been like 10 minutes, but everyone's like 20 years younger. So we get to see fuckboy Kirk. <laughs> Eric's is still goddamn ugly. And stupider. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so here's the, here's the other thing about this episode. As they're getting younger, they're losing their knowledge. So they are getting worse uh, at doing What is jobs. this? Why am I here? Why are there buttons? <laughs> Why do I have three arms? Shut up, Eric's. <laughs> What's in the Eric's? Yeah. <laughs> you can't see here, so it doesn't exist. I'm suffocating. <laughs> Fuck you, Eric's. All right, so Spock, once again, being completely superior in every way, is like, as a Vulcan, I age slower, so it has less effect on me. So I will save everybody again single-handedly. Basically, what they were saying without saying this, I'm like twice as old as all of you. <laughs> right. And twice as strong, and twice as smart. All right, and I so lights in all the cultures that come to visit me. <laughs> <laughs> Mormons once knocked on my door, and they left as atheists. <laughs> Shut up, Spock. That didn't happen. Scientologists <laughs> once knocked on my door, and I killed them. <laughs> no, Scientologists once knocked on my door, and they gave me money. <laughs> <laughs> I made them read my book. <laughs> uh, all right. Which one? Well, I am Spock or I am not Spock? Again, I'll give you 10 points for that nerd reference. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. All right. So they're going back in time, and now the Commodore is now captain again, and he's got color in his hair back. 
but he's still got the slopey shoulder, so I don't know if that makes him like able to pilot a ship. Oh my god! No, he just has terrible posture. Apparently, so everyone's like turned into babies, and so now the like, Captain Kirk and the rest of the bridge crew are shitting themselves. And apparently, Eric's is old because he's still manning his station until he just you know disappears. <laughs> he just turns into whatever like pod stuck to the side of a underside of a rock that his species. <laughs> he know, turns into Chekhov. Oh my god. <laughs> Eric's is just the evolved form of Chekhov. <laughs> Russians, as we grow older, we evolve into alien species. <laughs> Weird. All right, so whatever. The ship comes through. The Enterprise comes through. They're back in their normal universe. Everything's fine. Except everybody is still children. Yeah, everyone's still, like, babies. Not even, like, children, but, like, like I said, shitting themselves. That's the children. problem that's going to sort itself out. You just got to wait. Yeah, about three or forty years, and it'll be fine. Okay, this episode may have some writing problems. Yeah. I think it would actually be Fort Max's turn to say that, but okay. Um, I didn't know we were taking turns. Um, I figured by the end of this, every one of us would have said it at least once. Okay, so if we're taking turns on it, I didn't, I didn't know we were using your mom rules on this. So they're going to use the transporter because it retains a memory of their original molecular structure. That's supported by later episodes. It, it is, but later episodes that ignore you know how the transporter actually works, right? Or the fact that it's not a goddamn reincarnation machine. No, no, it like they they explain it better in the later series where like yes, there is an impression left in the transporter of the last pattern you had going through <clears> it. And yeah, how many like, times like have uh, how many times have people used? Uh, like, who was the last person to use the transporter? Eric's. Now they're going to come out with three arms. <laughs> I'm going to assume the Commodore. It yeah. seems like the transporter keeps a trace record of everybody that goes through it. Which is an insane thing. I mean, that doesn't... That uh, is going to build up. Fucking fuck. Yeah, I know. I mean, you think your they cloud get, storage isn't to, enough. Yeah, they just... So, in other words, they're just hoping that no one's emptied the transporter cache yet today. <laughs> right, no one <laughs> deleted their logs. Ah, well, Except good news, just in case, problems. it's the last episode. <laughs> right, and this is the last thing Star Trek ever made. All right, so the Commodore and his wife are like, man, this is awesome. I can be captain again, I can live our lives over again, this is going to be great. And he's like, no, I did it perfectly the first time. I'm going to go ahead and get back in there and, and get old again and die soon. <laughs> What fucking person would possibly do that? <coughs> Besides Fort Max. And he's what, 75? Yeah. Yeah. For... Which is like middle-aged for Star Trek people. Yeah. I was going to say, he's probably got like 45, 50 years left. Yes. No, no, no we got to push him. As soon as they're at the, at, the, at the peak of their experience, retire them. We don't want those assholes, you know, commanding starships. Well, just because he has to retire from active service doesn't he's mean he's not even go commanding like, starships. I know he's, he's a, a commodore. That's true. Just because but no, we don't want to retire people... from active service doesn't mean he can't go like instruct at the academy. Okay, so and this happens kind of off screen, but there's like, oh, well, because of your heroism and what you just went through, uh, we decided to make an exception for you so you can still be an ambassador even though you're 75. Oh, oh okay. 
So there's this big rule they just change for you just for this one thing this one time. Oh, okay. Well, fuck everybody else then, right? <laughs> now you have to retire at 76. Yeah. <laughs> so, and wasn't they wasn't there a TNG episode where they went to some planet where there was like a mandatory euthanasia age? This yes. sounds a little similar. Yeah, that was a uh, Troy's mom episode. A really good Troy's mom episode. Oh, yeah, that's right. They're all really good Troy's mom episodes. Right, but this was like a completely different kind of Troy's mom episode, so it was like really good. Yeah, it was maybe super we should, serious. Maybe we should have like a Troy's mom month and just watch all yes. of them back to back. Yes. Oh, <laughs> yes, please. Uh, Lawaxana. I don't think any of us have enough stamina to do Troy's mom back to back for that long. <laughs> Which is funny because she She's does. She's insatiable. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that was Star Trek the Animated Series. It has its ups and downs, but... But some yes. of the ups are really up there. Yeah. And some so, of the well, downs have some writing problems. <laughs> yeah. And some of the downs have extra chromosomes. It was that 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 bad. Yeah. It was um, neat concepts. Plenty of cool concepts, but uh, they didn't really carry them out very well. And I don't know if it's because of lack of time or they didn't care or the fact it was a cartoon, but there's some really cool concepts in this. At least Uhura got to be a badass a couple times. Yes. Yes. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, because there's multiple times she had to come and save all the idiot guys. With her mysterious red uniform. (laughs) Yeah. With a skirt that kept getting shorter and shorter. No, it's, her legs got longer and longer. Well, Jean needed to have some place to look. <laughs> yeah, and she wasn't a gas cloud, a sentient gas cloud, so he had to have something there to turn his crank. Well, and, like, I was watching Mirror Mirror the other day where she's got, like, the bare midriff thing going on. Mm-hmm. Like, she was in shape. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, she's always been a very attractive lady. <laughs> no doubt about that. One thing that's kind of hidden is because you only see her straight on, but if you get a side view of her, she has some large tracts of land. (laughs) Yes, Nichelle Nichols is an attractive lady. Yeah. She can even perform an alluring fan dance. (laughs) She's 50. It's still very alluring. Hello, boys. That's kind of my point. (laughs) I like the way you said that. It sounded just like her. (laughs) I sound just like a 50-year-old woman. Or yes, she sounds just like a 38-year-old man. <laughs> there's there's really not as much difference there as you're suggesting, is there? <laughs> there isn't. That's because uh, men age much better than women. Yeah. No, I was just thinking because you're not that far off from being 50. You shut your whore mouth. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> or I'll shut it for you. I'll give you something to shut it on. Wait, that might hurt. Hold on, let me rethink this. <laughs> you should just be glad I did not suggest Ben drive by your house and honk when he was passing through that area. <laughs> he should. That would have been awesome. You know, I am some distance from I-40. He was going to go out of his way to do it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it been miles or miles. It would have been interesting to see him try to get his truck down the street. No, this would be his personal truck, not the semi-truck. Oh. Which that horn is probably louder than a semi-trunk horn. So. Yeah, I was going to say, that they make no difference in the, in the, in the volume of the, of the horn. <laughs> okay, well, we're totally done with the animated series. I, I, I feel accomplished. I feel like we've done something for real. With here. our lives. Yes. <laughs> On my deathbed, when I'm surrounded by 
the nurse I paid to be there. Uh, this is what I'm going to tell her I'm most proud of. This is the crowning achievement. Pretty much, yeah. So bask in it while you can. Oh, I'm basking. I'm basking hard. All right, so what are we doing next week? Any suggestions from anyone other than next fee? <laughs> oh, that's good because I got nothing. Uh, Fort Max, pick an episode. Hmm. Pick a series. Okay, yeah, let's start with that. TNG. We've done so much TNG in the okay. last couple months. Pick a series that's not TNG, the original series, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, or Enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, let's do the Enterprise episode that I suggested the other day. What was it? Um, <laughs> shit, I did it in a DM. Did you? Uh, to me? Yeah. To who? To you, yes. Let me scroll back. Uh, let's see. All right, well, I'm going back to Netflix now. All right, no, that sounds good. I, I'm okay with Enterprise. I like Enterprise. I'm liking it more than actually committing to it. That's fine. There's still some episodes that I fucking skipped because they're fucking terrible. Well, if you skip them, how do you know they're terrible? So I watched about half of them. And it's like no more of this. Oh. <laughs> uh, that one where the, they're on the desert planet with uh, the guy from Starship Troopers. What? Uh, it's toward the end of season one. Oh, mm. the one you suggested in DM was Fusion. Which one was that, and why did I suggest it? Well, I will I will read what you it, said in the DM. To Paul's tempted by emotion has a wet dream with jazz music. Trip <laughs> asks a Vulcan dork about sex. That's right, yes. Enterprise is on its way to explore the giant arachnid nebula when it rendezvous with a Vulcan ship Erection that has... nebula? <laughs> the giant arachnid nebula Erection? when it rendezvous... With a Vulcan ship that has been in space for more than eight years. Huh, what happens every eight years to Vulcans? Gosh, seven if only years, we knew. Seven, seven, I'm just these, reading these, what these, Netflix these are, says, man. These are special Vulcans, though. The crew of the Enterprise meets a group of outcast Vulcans who embrace their own emotions. Spoilers. I'm just reading what Memory Alpha says in the first oh. sentence. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Now I remember this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's got a Vulcan dork in it. Which is fun. Mm. And then T'Pol totally has a wet dream. Jonathan Archer shows T'Pol his first textbook of astronomy. T'Pol inquires why his astronomy book is property of Admiral Johnny Archer. <laughs> I think that's yeah. really all you need to know about the episode right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm on board. I like that. I like Enterprise. Yeah, that's fine. Do it. So, all right. Fusion. Yep, Fusion. Uh, uh, season 1, Episode 16, Fusion. Now, is this the fusion dance or a Patara fusion? Or is it final fusion? It's a fruit oh. fusion. <laughs> Full of corn syrup. Ugh. Ugh. Cool, cool, fusion cool. of corn and sugar. <laughs> High fructose corn syrup. Favorite kind of corn syrup. That time that the corn lobby was trying to get corn syrup rebranded to corn sugar. <laughs> Corn lobby. <laughs> Look at all the healthy things you can do with corn. You can drink it. You can eat it. You can pop it. You can put it on a dog. Wait, corn what? dog? Like a corn dog? Oh, yeah. See, that works. And once you've taken all that corn off the cob. 
<laughs> it's, it's on a cob. It's on a cob. Everything's on a cob. Okay. It's a convenient well, way to eat things, though. Hmm? Uh, you know, I thought so, too. But, I mean, I don't think you're supposed to deep throat the cob that way, though. What if they like hot dogs on the cob? Isn't that just a corn dog? No. Because, no, like, at that no. point, the stick is the cob. Well, imagine, like, the stick came from, like, both ends and no. penetrated the hot dog completely. So you'd <laughs> eat the hot dog off the stick. Okay, what you're describing is basically a chicken leg. What if it was little nodules of hot dogs that grew organically around a stick? Well, I, I, there's one fundamental problem there, which is that hot dogs are not organic. They can be organic, though. I've seen them at Whole Foods. <laughs> they are eight ninety nine a piece for them. Yeah, we should tell you something about the regular hot dogs. They're I much the better value. <laughs> what about, like, <laughs> Twinkies on the cob? Like Twinkies on a bot cob? <laughs> that that sounds like blackmail material to me. <laughs> Twinks on a bot cob. All right. <laughs> Mickey, you better be working on tweeting that quote at bot cob right now. <laughs> oh no, that's all, Scott. <laughs> bot cob uh, no longer responds to any of my messages. He hasn't blocked me, but he doesn't respond anymore. <laughs> Which is a shame, because I say really funny things to him. <laughs> yes, I'm sure you think you do. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure. What I think amusing is, like, the only people he follows are, like, you and me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he follows a few people, but, yeah, very, very few people. We're his closest friends, and that's very <laughs> sad. Probably. Man, but the, I, I've never seen someone who's taken. I mean, honestly, like, hey, Mickey, uh, up until I, I started reading Bot Cop, you were the best complainer I've ever met in my life. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the ability, your ability to complain about the stupidest, most inconsequential shit was just amazing <laughs> to me. But I got to say, Bot Cop beats you handily. His the life is that, so amusingly miserable. <laughs> yeah, and for like no reason and about shit that isn't even bad. It's like, he this chocolate so chocolatey. I can't eat it. Oh, it's terrible. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> this, this chocolate has such a chocolatey flavor. It's just, ugh, too much chocolate. It's like, but you're eating chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> the stupid video game only works when the electricity's on. It's like, well, yeah, what do you expect? <laughs> God damn it. Okay, so I'm, I'm looking at Bot Cub's Twitter profile. The first person he followed was Vangelis. The second person was you, Mickey. And I don't were, understand how he got from point A to point B there. <laughs> there were people he followed between that were like pro wrestlers from Japan that may have fallen off the list. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, there's still one, Ultramantis Black. Um, okay, so like in terms of actual people he follows, it's Vangelist, you and me. The the other ones are Ultramantis Black, Vinnie Caravella from Giant Bomb, Aya Kamiki, who is a Japanese singer, <clears throat> and Ko Shibasaki, who I don't know who or what that is. <laughs> let's just I mean, let's just read some of his top tweets here. <laughs> okay. I mean okay. Like, okay. 
The very first one on top of his list right now is, I think I've had this idea before, but tamales made of cornbread and filled with chili. Isn't and then he tamale? has the ooh face after it. Like, he's <laughs> like, ooh! Uh, the next one after that is, taco shells are half price again. Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, this one's good. Do you think they're called colonies because they pooted off from the main kingdom? Colonies, I guess? Yeah. Is that like a colon joke? I yeah. mean, okay. I just know one day I'll pick up a potato and all the tendrils will shoot out and crawl inside my veins. <laughs> <laughs> what, the, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? <laughs> Vegetable oil means it's good for you. Smiley face. <laughs> <laughs> now here's this one it was so hard for me not to respond to this one I wonder what kind of seasoning it would need to make tofu taste like fried chicken I almost said chicken stock <laughs> <laughs> how long has New Egg been selling pimp suits for dogs okay here's a confusing one approaching, the, approaching that time of night when my nap prevents sleep but still not sure I want to dedicate a meal to staying awake yet <laughs> What is he talking about? Does he use food to stay awake? Is he even human? Why do mint Oreos have to be double sports. stuffed? I want the minty taste without a mouthful of goo. <laughs> the one below that one is the best. TPs, as in T-E-A space P-E-E-S, so like a urine you would have from drinking tea. TPs don't need a flush ecstatic smiley face. <laughs> so, and, the, and the things that make him unhappy and the things that make him happy, there is no rhyme or reason here. Let's see. Math, Mass Effect 3 shit. Um... No, no. He is on point with everything he says about Mass Effect 3. Well, all I just don't care is... about Mass Effect 3 at all. Yes, so but I, he's I... not being crazy here. It's legitimate bullshit he's calling out. Yeah. It's like a moment of lucidity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I... I, I... I concur with that. Now, my other favorite one he put is, how many alien invasions has Keith David survived? <laughs> that is brilliant. Also, I find he tweets with some regularity about how the Cardassians were right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is He is a uh, spoonhead lover, that's for sure. Well, who isn't? I, I bet when the Cardassians showed up on Bajor, the Bajorans tried to rape them or something, and then they got got. <laughs> See, don't be a space racist or you'll end up dead like the Quarians. <laughs> what? Well, my <laughs> butt's going to be sore in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay, here's, so, I, here's one that has no context I can see. I need to start washing my hands before I put them in my mouth. <laughs> hey. <laughs> That's a good one, yeah. That's a very good one. <laughs> yeah, the other good one is, fuck it, I'm not filing my taxes this year. <laughs> I don't think I'd have it in me to drown a baby. The corn dogs are almost ready to come out of the oven, but I'm stuck in the toilet. Save me, Superman. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, I think it's about time for second dinner. <laughs> okay. So he's a hobbit? I I guess... <laughs> I just don't even, I don't even know. I bet, I bet bacon butter cookies would taste good. You think? 
No. I Babies. think those hash browns I ate the other day ruined my butt. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Uh, baby squirrels run around like geckos. He's also been tweeting about orange chicken for like three days at that point. Yes. Yeah. I don't think it, I'd have it in me to drown a baby. I think he's selling himself a little short. <laughs> yeah. I want to sleep, but also want to eat tater tots. And then, and then two minutes later, I chose taters. <laughs> <laughs> Defiant smile. What's God. an emoji? Angry face. <laughs> <laughs> what the shit? My can of frozen juice concentrate exploded in my face. <laughs> and then, of course, there's the just sprinkled throughout all of this pictures of squirrels outside. <laughs> Wow, I can push a Q-tip pretty far into my head before it meets resistance. That's why <laughs> uh, peeing is freeing. <laughs> that was way too much mayonnaise all at once. <laughs> oh, I see. That's a follow-up, too. I boiled my potato too long and used too much mayonnaise. I want to make my own bidet. Oh, Pro so wrestling video one. games have taught me more about applying, layering, and blending makeup than I would have thought possible. <laughs> <laughs> I can't so, so accommodate this many waffles. <laughs> <laughs> so here's what I responded to. Chili dogs sound good, and then it's unhappy face. To which I responded, really? I always found them to be pretty quiet until digested. Uh, I can see why he didn't reply to that. Well, he did reply to that. He said... You're talking to the wrong chili dogs. <laughs> okay, sorry. I've been talking to the wrong chili dogs this whole time. I can I, talk to the ones that actually talk back to you. So I kind of like this idea. They could do a military uh, first-person shooter where you jump off some arbitrary ledge and break your legs, then become survival horror with tank controls. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Holy shit, that's awesome. You can't have uh, sex in winter, yowling cat. <laughs> Something took a shit outside and it's coming in. My stove is so fucking clean now. <laughs> what? And I would like to point out that his banner is still a picture of City of Heroes. Holy shit. Well, City of Heroes is kind of like, you know, Firefly. It the people who really cared about that just won't let it go. Yeah. I mean, I played it since day one. I loved it, but, you yeah, know, you move on. So, now, he does have some action figures, as people of your ilk are wont to do. Uh, and here's one of Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, pissing on Freddie Mercury. <laughs> Just on January 8th, if you're curious. Butter-flavored ice cream seems like a no-brainer. <sighs> so he hates uh, Phoenix Wright video game. Well, Phoenix Ride did suck after Game 3, so I can't say I blame him. No, okay. <clears throat> the scariest thing about Resident Evil 7 demo was the abysmal frame rate. Zero out of ten. Bot Cobb. <laughs> he signed his tweet. He signed his tweet! Well, he was writing we, a letter. We at BioWare like to empower minorities and women. 
Now, here's the war race. These guys are the science race. The blue right. one's like sex. That was a good one. I have to say that was a good one. I got ground beef between my toes. <laughs> that was preceded by the ground beef is still frozen. What did he do to try to de-thaw? <laughs> to try to thaw the frozen ground beef? A warm foot bath? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> My feet are warm. I'll put my feet on there. Oh, no, I've got ground beef between my toes. I feel like Dragon Ball Evolution could have taken place in the Firefly universe. (laughs) (laughs) My butt always gets sore first. Then you need more foreplay. Are britches and breeches different things? (laughs) That's a good one. Oh, golly. So, yeah, basically, Bot Cobb is insane, and it's I follow him just to see what crazy shit he says next. I think that's why we all follow him. Yes. Yeah. I just... Uh, he's been doing this shit since 2008. <laughs> he's been on Twitter longer than I have. I've been longer than I have. When did I join up? Mm-mm-mm-mm. I'm fairly certain I've got you all beat. Probably. Uh, I joined it in May of 2008. So I've actually been on a little longer than he has. What about you, hey, Mickey? I'm working on I've got to log into the web thingy for it. No. Oh. Wow, my Twitter page is terrifying. July 2008. Aha, I beat you. <laughs> little bitch. Aha, March 2008. Oh, what? snap. <laughs> no. Damn it. <clears throat> oh, well. 